Welcome to a special episode of The Backbone. I'm your host, Shabam Data at Shabam on Twitter. Typically, I chat with finance leaders across various stages of technology companies, understanding their perspectives on startup finance, metrics, operations, and everything in between. On this special episode, I chat with Austin Allred, co-founder and CEO of Lambda School, a training program specializing in coding, computer science, and web development with a revolutionary tuition model that asks graduates to pay once they've landed a successful job. Prior to Lambda School, Austin started a crowdsourced news creation company called Grasswire. After traveling from San Francisco to Utah frequently and seeing the disparity in income levels and job training in the community, Austin decided to form Lambda School. The Backbone will resume its regular scheduled programming with finance leaders in 2019. But for now, enjoy the special episode with Austin Allred, co-founder and CEO of Lambda School. Hey, Austin, thanks for jumping on the backbone. It's really a pleasure to have you on. We've got a lot to cover, so let's dive in. I want to start by going back to the beginning. You were born in Utah, left college early and uh, to travel and work in China, where you specialized in business growth, user acquisitions, and SEO. And then when you returned to the US, you started a crowdsourced news creation company called Grasswire. So it sounds like it was kind of an uphill battle competing in an oversaturated news market, and you were forced to close that business and found yourself in heavy debt from uh, covering the cost of the company. And so from there, you self-published a book uh, on getting out of debt and sold over $250,000 worth of, of books. So help me unpack all of that and walk me through how that led to the journey of founding Lambda School. Um, so the book was actually on user acquisition, not on getting out of debt, but I'm shocked at how accurate all of that information was. You must have found a good source somewhere. Yeah. So I mean, there's not really... You know, I would love to have some sort of narrative that ties it all together and makes it all make sense. But it was really just the meanderings and stumblings of a 19, 20 something year old kid. I, I don't know. It was, it was a good time. <laughs> I'm sure it was. So uh, maybe tell me a bit more about uh, the, the book and, and what got you, you know, in, inspired to start that book about user acquisition. And how did you, for instance, make your first sale? Yeah. So um, I have spent my entire life basically in user acquisition in that, that kind of a space. Um, and basically, I had a bunch of blog posts that I had shared that had a few million visitors or a few million people who had, had read them. Um, and I'd been collecting email addresses all along the way, mostly for my own vanity and self-gratification. So, you know, when I became broke, I was just looking for any way that I could crawl out of debt and start to make money. So I decided I was going to turn the book into a blog post, but I didn't really have time to write the whole book. So I just put the first few chapters together. I wrote another couple chapters. And then I partnered with another growth guy that had a really big audience um, named Vin Clancy. Um, and we threw up a, a Kickstarter page. And I think the Kickstarter, by the time we had finished, we'd sold $60,000 worth. Every trick in the book to sell the book. 
Um, <laughs> and that was, that was kind of the start of it. By the time we got the, the Kickstarter funds, I was debt-free and continued to pull in cash from that book. It was pretty great. That's awesome. And so let's, let's jump ahead to uh, Lambda School. So you co-founded Lambda School in 2016, which is a, a new type of school that invests in its students. And at its core, Lambda School is a training program specializing in coding, computer science, and web development. And so tell me a bit more about Lambda School, what it's all about. So basically, we, we train people to be software engineers and data scientists for free in exchange for a share of their income for two years. Um, so basically, the entire goal of Lambda School has been to de-risk a high-quality education. So there are people that would love to become a programmer. They would love to do all of this stuff. But, you know, four years of college takes a really long time and is really expensive. And boot camps are often of dubious quality and expensive as well. Um, so we wanted to create a place where the education was incredibly high quality and where, you know, you didn't pay unless it worked out for you. And that's that's really what we've been working on. And um, it's working really well. That's great. That's great to hear. And... So how does Lambda School then challenge traditional university structure where you university or college structure where you've got to pay an upfront fee uh, and really go through the entire course, if you will, and not knowing what life after that course entails, you may or may not be able to, you know, secure a job after that. So how does Lambda School challenge that traditional university structure? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I think is that we're open about it. Most universities don't view themselves as a mechanism for getting a job. They view themselves as, you know, a, a way to become a more well-rounded person and to learn a lot of stuff. And that happens to be correlated in their minds with getting a job. In my mind, that's okay. But if you're going to pay, you know, $100,000, $150,000 and take out $150,000 in student loans in order to do that, um, that's a very risky ask. So I, I kind of bifurcate what is the student looking for and what does you know, what does the school provide? And usually that's misaligned. Schools aren't necessarily driven to get you to a job. And that's what a lot of students are looking for. Uh, I think it's a fundamental misalignment of incentives. Mm -hmm, for sure. And I want to dive into the that aspect of it a little bit. Now, looking at it, not only just from the student's perspective, but also from a, a revenue standpoint um, for, for Lambda School. Like you said, you have a very unique revenue model in the sense that the students will only start to, I guess, pay you once they've secured a job and will only pay you for the first two years of them being employed at that uh, at that job. So what are some of the, I guess, financial challenges and risks um, for this kind of revenue model that, that uh, you've embarked uh, on at Lambda School? The big thing is that it has to work. Um, if a student goes through and doesn't get a job, you probably spent thousands of dollars training that student and you just lose it all. So the, the key is, you know, you have to have a placement rate that is high enough that you can justify the costs, um, which means you have to be the best school you can possibly be and look for students that are hireable. And so, it, so it really takes the risk away from the student and puts all the risk um, on the school, which is great from kind of a, you know, it's a better deal for the student. And frankly, it's a, it can be a worse deal for the school. 
So we, we need to make sure that our students are successful. And that's what we spend really all of our time thinking about and doing. And then on the other hand, there's you know a cash flow issue that you kind of have to overcome where you know you have to somehow float that student until they're paying back enough that it that it makes sense right and on that cash flow uh, standpoint lambda school has raised a 14 million dollar series a uh, from the likes of, of google ventures or, or gv as they're known how do you go about raising capital for such a unique model like yours what are some of the challenges and opportunities that that posed as you were going through that process? The big challenge from us in the beginning is, you know, so we, we got into Y Combinator and the big concern when we were going to Y Combinator was basically, you know, do we really need yet another code school? How many, how many code schools could we possibly need? And could you actually be differentiated enough from the other hundred code schools that, you know, it, it makes sense. Basically, our position was that, you know, fundamentally being entirely online and being free up front causes a bunch of different problems and is a fundamentally different way to, to go about building a school. So that's, you know, that's what we really had to to focus on is how that worked. Once, once we had done that, you know, once people actually believed that the model was truly different, that we were building something truly special, then since then we haven't had issues raising money. Um, it's more, you know, can you actually make this work? Or are you just going to give a bunch of students a free education and burn a hole in the ground? You talked about earlier the incentives for the student. You know, for them, it's it's so risk-free that uh, unless they're uh, super motivated, which I'm sure you're looking for as part of the application process, really, they can just go through this uh, Lambda School program just like they would, you know, any other kind of MOOC style uh, course from like a Coursera or a Udemy or what have you, a lot of those free online course platforms. How have you been able to, I guess, kind of refine that application process to know that, hey, we're bringing on students that have that we're truly, you know, leveling the playing field in terms of being able to offer the de-risk their education. But at the same time, we know that they're going to kind of put in their their all, even though they're not fronting any of the costs. I mean, we, we keep some of that a little bit close to our chest, but but the real reality is that we are looking for people who are capable and talented, and most of all, that, that have grit. The thing that we have to solve for is, is a student dedicated enough that they'll put in the work? Because we can, we can fix everything else, but we cannot fix by any means, you know, if you're not willing to put in the work. Yeah, that, I think that's the main thing that we're looking for when it comes to Lambda School is, is this the right person who will, who will do what, it, what they need to do? And, you know, we can make the instruction incredible. We can make it a really high quality course. So we just, we just need people that will work hard and be you know, have grit. That's it. Well, I'm sure it's uh, not as simple uh, as you so eloquently put in terms of when you're sifting through uh, thousands of, of applications. So want to shift gears a bit now and talk about, uh, spend some time talking about credentials. You know, recently, large technology companies such as Google, Apple, and IBM, which is one of Lambda schools, over 75 hiring partners headlined a list of companies that no longer require a typical four-year college degree as a prerequisite to work at those respective companies. 
And so instead, they will now focus on hiring candidates whose experiences and skills best suit them for the job. And so I imagine that this is great news for what you're trying to build at Lambda School. So talk to me about the education employers need to make uh, such a shift in their hiring process work. The reality is that it's kind of always been that way, um, but people weren't as explicit about it. And that made people feel like they needed to you know, really go into a bunch of debt and go to college. I mean, a lot of self-taught coders I know work at Google and IBM and Facebook and, and all those places. I think that is probably the main misconception that people have about Lambda School and about a career in software engineering is that they believe that an education is the ticket and that it's also the only way. Um, and both of those things are, are pretty fundamentally untrue. So it's, it's nice to see companies getting behind, you know, a lot of the best software engineers have gone to, a, you know, university, but a lot of the best everything have gone to a university. And it may or may not be the university so much as the fact that everybody goes to university. Um, so I think them being transparent about that and saying, yeah, look, it's, you know, one of the ways that we can filter for people that are capable and talented, but it's not the only way, is a huge win. And I think we'll continue to see more and more of that as time goes on. And so I guess the ultimate test, and, and maybe we are there, or maybe we're a little bit away from that, but you know, all else being equal, let's say you had two candidates who uh, had the maybe a same portfolio of, of their personal projects that they had been working on and things like that. But um, all else being equal, one, one individual or one candidate had a college degree and another candidate did not to put you on the spot if as one of those employers would you say that the bias today is to go towards that individual that does have a college degree the scenario where if there are two people who are equally qualified for a job is not exactly i don't know if i've ever actually seen that so i think it's much more healthy to think you know if i have the skills that are necessary am i can i get the job that you know that's what i would focus on so for my, myself personally um, I don't have a degree. Um, no one's ever really cared. I've always had great jobs and I don't really look at our employees. What, you know, like, I guess I shouldn't say I don't look at it. I, I can, I note it as a piece of information, but I would much rather optimize for people who are skilled and talented than people who mm -hmm. have, you know, a piece of paper. Right. <laughs> right. That probably paid too much money to acquire. Yeah. And so currently, Lambda School focuses on coding, computer science, and web development, like you mentioned. Over time, do you think that this concept can be extended to other aspects of a company, such as training people in sales, marketing, or finance? Yeah, I think it basically extends to every model that doesn't require you to touch something. You know, we're looking at expanding into a bunch of different areas. No, no announcements to make around that yet. Um, okay. there, there are a bunch of different ways that, that you can, there, there are a bunch of different verticals that this will work perfectly well for. And software won't be the only thing that, that Lambda School teaches. Maybe uh, unpacking that a bit more, was there some sort of background or, or reasoning as to why you decided to start off in, in software? Because you mentioned that, you know, when you were going through Y Combinator, one of the 
common questions was, do we need another coding school? So just curious as to why that is, is the first area that you decided to focus on an attack first. Software has kind of the, the perfect mix of a few different things. Um, it's a technical skill, so it's easy to measure if you have reach the point of acceptability or not. It's really easy to teach entirely online. We didn't have to build much to, to make that possible. Um, but the main thing was that just there's a there's still a fundamental mismatch in the supply and demand of quality software engineers. So that if you're a quality software engineer, you will get a job. And that's you know what we were looking for originally. And we'll we'll continue to find, you know, if you, if you look at the supply and demand of employees as a ratio, we'll start to find places where that's a little bit off and where there's more demand for employees than there is supply and start to work our way kind of down from there. That makes sense. So what I'd like to do now is uh, jump into our quick fire round. And so the way this works is I'll ask you a couple of questions and you'll have uh, 10 to 15 seconds to respond to each. How does that sound? Sounds great. Let's do it. All right. So what is your go-to online resource for all things startup finance related? Uh, Twitter. Nice. How do you um, comb through the signal from the noise? Um, I use lists and I'm very careful about who I put on which lists. So depending on what I'm looking for, I'll look at the the different lists. And it's still not a a perfect thing, Mm -hmm. Um, but... But it works pretty well for me. What's your favorite productivity hack? Turning off your Wi-Fi when you're trying to focus on something. I've heard that one before. What's one thing you don't leave the office before finishing? I don't know that there is anything. I've well, I've got kids at home, and if they need me home, I go home. Makes sense. <laughs> What's uh, one tech jargon that makes you cringe? Um, ed tech. I hate anything tech. FinTech, ed tech. All that stuff. And so I will not refer to Lambda School as ed tech. Uh, what's the best advice you've ever received so far in your career? Um, so I actually met with like a NASA astronaut when I was 16. Okay. And I was like, how did, you know, how did you get there? That's so cool. And he just said, find the most exciting thing that's happening in whatever you're most interested in and just get to the middle of it. I think that was really good advice. Hmm. Very cool. Very interesting. Well, thanks again, Austin. I really appreciated your time and chatting with me about Lambda School, about the differences in, you know, going through an education process where you de-risk a student's uh, investment in in their education and and produce quality software engineers on the other end and really challenging the traditional university or college structure. Um, And so it's really been a pleasure chatting with you, learning more about your journey about Lambda School and uh, how it can possibly extend into other areas of, uh, of a company. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Have a good one. Bye now.